Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Jarrett. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now, today on the show, we have my new friend, Ziggy. For those of you who don't know Ziggy, like I didn't know him. I actually just met him when we recorded this. It was the first time we'd ever seen each other in person and shook hands and had any type of a conversation was this conversation. We recorded it um, at his office, or should I say soon-to-be office building art space that he's working on over in McKee's Rocks. We're going to talk about that in the conversation today. But like I said, for those of you who don't know him, he is sort of a jack-of-all-trades. He is a artist, a promoter, a networker, someone that's in the city getting shit done. And yeah, you know, I, like I said before, I had never spoken with him before, but I just kept seeing him popping up online and he came up in conversation a few times and I was just thinking to myself that I need to talk to this person. I need to see what is going on, introduce myself and hey, want to do a podcast? And thankfully he was down. So yeah, you're going to get to listen to that now. Before we get into the conversation though, going to plug all of my stuff. If you are new to the show and new to me in general, you could find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Real Sykes. The podcast also has a Facebook page of its own, which you could find. Just go on Facebook, type in Start the Beat with Sykes. I am also on iTunes. You can look me up, Start the Beat. And uh, any other, like, podcast service, pretty much any of them, type in Start the Beat, you'll find me. Start the Beat is part of the Epicast family, which you can learn all about at epicast.tv or epicastnetwork.com. Or you could just type Epicast in your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram thing, whatever. Look into it. It's cool. We're cool people. And Ziggy is a cool dude. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat. So, I usually, the way I do this, I don't ever have any pre-planned questions or anything. So, but we're, this is, as you said, we're in an abandoned building. Yeah. Which is soon to be a space for this huge idea that you have. Yes. And, like, immediately, you're my kind of person. I like big idea people that are into, like, 
multi-creative things, just trying to bring other people together and network because I think that's like a big part of the art community that kind of like gets overlooked a lot because a lot of artists and stuff tend to be introverts or not necessarily the most social people. So it's, it's important to be the like be that person that helps bring people together yeah i try to be um i guess in a way an ambassador on behalf of the artists um i i myself am a visual artist and i know that it's uh it's not easy it's difficult so i'm always trying to find different ways that i can better serve the artists and music community in pittsburgh and this is really my next endeavor yeah it's going to be uh, there are about seven spaces there are going to be seven different types of studios um is the plan counting the downstairs and everything and um, we're going to be covering everything from video production to a photography studio, uh, dance slash possibly even yoga studio, something along those lines. Um, and there's also going to be a green screen studio as well that will feature a creative suite. So people who do graphic design and things like that can render 4K footage and edit um, so they don't have to put in proxy files. Might have lost you a little bit there. No, but, no. But I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's a way to sort of try to have this meet all the needs of artists who are trying to do more but don't really have the budget and means to do so sure um, it's sort of trying to just be a stepping stone to you know, like bigger bigger things that the artists are, are doing like um a lot of incubators because that's what this essentially is, is a creative incubator a lot of incubators like in the tech tech side will have uh, arrangements where we provide you this space and we get percentage of whatever your company becomes after that that's not what i'm doing at all what i'm more interested in doing is you know essentially like uh, if somebody, for instance, wanted to teach a yoga class or a painting class, something along those lines, and they didn't quite have the following yet and couldn't afford to put all that upfront capital into a storefront, they can work through this studio, build up their following, and then eventually they graduate Start on their own. Start something on their own, yeah. Exactly. You know, and the, the way that that's doable and cost-effective is you have multiple people sharing the same studio, and they just sort of pick nights of the week and work around each other's schedule to complement. So that way, it's something where at a very low cost, they can have the ability to be in the space and you know, start building what they're doing. And it will lend their project you know, the, the support and credibility that it needs. And then you know, the idea is then they get to that next step and then they go on and you know, hopefully do bigger and better things. And then the next the, wave, the, the next comes, wave in. comes in. Yeah. Exactly. I think it, it's a great way for people to meet people in their field. That's you know, you'll exactly, have yeah, that's exactly a ton it. of people that I remember when I started doing music stuff in the city, I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. I feel like who, who, who in Pittsburgh's doing music. Exactly. And yeah. now like 10 years later, it's like who in Pittsburgh isn't doing oh music. My, everybody yes. I know I'm Most surrounded definitely. by it constantly. But I think being an outsider to that world, being outside of the bubble, it's real easy to not even know the bubbles. Not know where to start. Exactly. That's the thing is I I do want to have this be a launching platform where uh, I also want to have programs that will just sort of welcome in people who maybe don't have a precise vision, but they want to engage somehow. They just don't know what. So I'm sort of formulating all the exact details for the space in my head as far as how to best serve not only the artist community at large, but also the community in McKees Rocks. Because I feel like it's very important to be of the community, not just uh, an entity in the community. Yeah. You know, to be inclusive of everything around you. And you look at certain parts of the city that sort of were tone deaf um, in their efforts in certain areas and ignored the needs of the neighborhood. Now there's sort of a, a, a social backlash against a lot of the development and growth. Yeah. Because they weren't really included in the conversation. So as I as I work to build up this place, I also uh, I've been in communication with Father Ryan Art Center, which has been doing some really great things in the area as well, uh, working with like youth outreach and things like that, getting kids and engage in the arts and I'm really going to be focusing on uh, trying to work with them and figure out 
you know, how can I further the things that you're already working on the community, you know, to, to be another resource? Yeah. That's one of the main things is I want to not just be a resource to the artists that I know and have it be a hub for the artists over the city. But, you know, I want to find out ways that I can help with uh, on a community level. And, you know, even if it's something as simple as having... I mean, there's there's what's going to be an event space downstairs. So even something like lending event space to to local charities and stuff like that, you know, like wherever there is a need, I, I want to try to see what I can do to at least, you know, accommodate whatever I can whenever the building's fully operational. Because uh, <laughs> even though the audience can't really see, there's definitely a good <laughs> bit of work to be done. Yeah, definitely. I think that another really cool thing about the potential of this space is I know a lot of people who are like upcoming creatives that want to do stuff but the only thing that's stopping them is their access to resources exactly exactly and that's a huge problem for some people it just seems like you know it's not that hard that the stuff's out there but some people just don't know where to start that's exactly it that's exactly it i mean uh, myself i'm a, a wood sculptor so whenever i i wanted to work in the city for the longest time but i couldn't afford to have a my living space and my studio space and with a medium that is as messy as doing wood sculpture you really you really need to have that separation uh, i used to be a painter and i still incorporate paint into some of my pieces but uh, whenever i was a painter it was like something where it was an ideal situation but you can still live in your painting studio yeah you, know, you can't live in your wood shop it just doesn't it doesn't <laughs> doesn't translate very well you know it causes health problems and you know just it gets everywhere so. i'd imagine so like the building aside, yeah. Let, let's backtrack a bit. Sure. Let's sure. go to like you. Like, where yeah. did you? You said you did painting, wood sculpting, and stuff like that. Yeah. Where yeah. did all this come from? Uh, well, my uh, my artist proclivities in particular came. Um, I, I I started out drawing in pen and ink, and this would have been back in like 2006, something like that. Okay. And um, I started uh, doing very rudimentary uh, <laughs> uh, pen and ink drawings. And I uh, one day decided, I think I'd done two, and I decided that, like, you know, I'm going to go to California and be an artist. You know, very much just very, um, I wasn't afraid to pick up and leave. because Where I, were you? Were you from the Pittsburgh area? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess okay. I should start at the very beginning. I, I am originally born and raised in Pittsburgh, but then I, I sort of ventured out okay, to, cool. to other places for a while. Sure. So the first place I went, um, I actually, and this is a true story. Um, whenever I decided I was going to move to California to become an artist, which is probably the most unprecising plan anybody can have, <laughs> even for like a 19-year-old, that was pretty absurd. I've known, I've known a few. I've known yeah, a few of you. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I actually, um, cliche as it sounds, I closed my eyes and put my finger on a spot on the map in California. And first place I hit was Bakersfield. And I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm moving to Bakersfield. So, uh, so then I was like, okay, let's try that again. And I hit Napa and, uh, the Napa Valley, obviously wine country and everything. And so I, I up and moved to Napa. I enrolled in the junior college out there just on, on a whim. Uh-huh. And, um, I, I went for photography, but that didn't really play much into like the, the events that followed. But, um, I just sort of started whenever I got there, I was a little bit insecure being, a, you know, just having become an artist. And I remember, um, I don't remember the first time somebody asked me, but whenever people would ask me, oh, why are you out here? I'm like, oh, well, I'm an artist and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And people would be like, oh, well, what's your medium? And I said, well, you know, I, I do pen and ink and I, I do some painting, but my specialty is wood carving. I hadn't even so much as, you know, whittled like a, a chopstick at that point. <laughs> you know, I, I never even picked up like any sort of chisel or but, anything like that. But you wanted to do wood carving? That I, was I, like... I, I don't even know where that came from. It was something where <laughs> it was just pure hubris, you know, okay. just... Just me just saying, oh, yeah, well, I mean, I do this, but like my real specialty, you know. And so I don't know where that came from. And it wasn't even until um, until I 
visited Oregon and fast forward like a couple years later I moved on to Berkeley I'm going to uh, Berkeley City College and about once a month I'd go up to Portland and so whenever I went up to Portland I'd take the Amtrak up and I'd uh, find a, uh, a reservoir uh, there's this reservoir in the uh, Hawthorne district which is in southeast Portland I believe and um, right by the reservoir I would uh, find a place to camp um, and I just have one of those cocoon sleeping bags and I just crash up there all weekend then walk right down in the city because it was a straight shot in their cultural district okay and uh, Portland's also a very easy easy city to walk so it sort of worked out you know good time but um, the one time I was there and I decided um, that I wanted to you know pick up a whittling set you know, just like a little cheap shitty one that you get like Michael's or whatever, just like really garbage. Like, like, like a pumpkin carving set? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much. Even if they called it a, a whittling set, it was a pumpkin carving set. Yeah. Even then, that probably would have told the blades really quickly. And so I, I actually uh, carved a knot in uh, this dead, this, there was this giant dead fallen tree that was right by the camping spot I went to every time I went up there. And so uh, the first time I carved a, a face into the knot, and then every time I went back up there, I'd find a different knot and carve a face in it. And this is like very, very like rough, basic, you know, nothing like to write home about. Um, but that was like the first start. And then whenever the economy, uh, the, the economy crashing really caught up to me right around you know, late 2008, early 2009, and it was right around that time I became homeless whenever I was in the Bay Area, and I sort of just, you know, lived couch to couch and, you know, stayed at squats and the whole nine yards, and uh, I did that for about six months, and then after a while, it just became a little, you know, exhausting, and I decided to come back to Pittsburgh and regroup, and uh, it was whenever I came back to Pittsburgh that I, I started to actually pursue carving and just sort of just was uh, did a lot of experimental stuff and you know just played around with it and then um, whenever things really started to take off was whenever I moved I, I stayed I stayed in uh, Pittsburgh for about a year and a half and then in uh, early 2012 I moved out to Oregon okay and whenever I moved out to Oregon I was actually staying um, it, once again I ended up pseudo homeless almost immediately somehow I the person who I was supposed to be staying with there was something where he got pulled out of town for like some sort of medical treatments and stuff and so um, and I knew him through a friend and he was this older hippie guy really nice but he was like yeah you can't stay in my house you can park on my property though and he lived up this old logging road in the uh, Siskiyou Mountains it was absolutely gorgeous however it was still early March and it was freezing because it was at uh, still we were about 3,500 feet I believe and oh, so okay. 3,500 feet in March in, in, uh, in Oregon, you're still getting snow at night. So I'm like sleeping in my Jeep, um, living on granola bars. And like, you know, every morning I have to like, I get woken up on my feet being like absolutely numb for how, from how cold it is. And I would have to like get up and be active, you know, as soon as the, you know, the crack of dawn essentially. And it was during that time that I really started to, you know, there was such like a, a very, everything was so simplified that I was able to get sort of a precise vision of what I wanted to create with uh, the, the type of wood sculpture and the visual artwork I wanted to create. And from there, I, uh, it sort of gave me this like discipline. And it was during my time in Oregon, I sort of like built up the appreciation and the vision for the artwork I wanted to, you know, create. And it was whenever I decided to move back from Oregon, I, I got a job eventually working at a, at a uh, marketing marketing firm. Um, and uh, one day I decided I, I hated my job and didn't know why I, why the hell I was doing that in the first place because that was not at all what I went out there for. And I decided to catch a train back to uh, Pittsburgh. And whenever I got back to Pittsburgh, and it was early 2013, I, uh, I decided that, like, you know what, um, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, you know, really, you know, I had some money saved. And so I decided I was really going to settle down and, you know, really focus on building up my artwork. And then it was through doing uh, 
like a little bit of like, well, showing my artwork in, in Pittsburgh. And then eventually um, a, a good friend of mine uh, who owns Artform Gallery and Tattoo out in Lower Borough, Seth Liebowitz, uh, he gave me an opportunity to uh, essentially manage a shop and manage the gallery in particular. And so from that network, I kind of expanded uh, the base of people that I was working with and um, you know, started reaching out to a lot of artists in the city. And that's why I met people like uh, Pierce Morado, who works with Touch Fast, I'm sure you know. Yeah. Um, and a lot of other visual artists like um, Daniel Robinson, Michelle Nordier, Rachel Renauden, um, a bunch of different people who I, I still do a lot of work with and involve in my events at every opportunity. Yeah. And from that platform, I also, um, I got involved with working with uh, Raw Pittsburgh, you know, Raw Artists and everything. Mm -hmm. And I liked what uh, Lee Yock, who was the person who, uh, who ran uh, Raw up until, I mean, we sort of let everything go recently, but um, she, I liked what she was doing. And so I started to, uh, recommend artists and you know send artists her way for things and that ended up being uh, leading into an opportunity where she gave me a, jo uh, a job to be the production assistant and you know work on primarily talent recruitment for raw and it was through that network that I began meeting a lot of the artists and a lot of the musicians um, in the area and I started getting plugged into sort of seeing like where there was a, a where the needs were uh, in the art scene and, um, and it's also in the music scene as well and seeing just sort of, sort of getting an idea and a feel for things as far is what I, what I felt I could contribute with knowing all the talented people around me and, and how I could possibly, you know, direct all that talent, uh, you know, in a certain direction, yeah. I guess would be the best way to put it as far as organizing certain kinds of events and things like that. And so that sort of is, was the catalyst to what ended up giving way to me organizing uh, Layer Cake Music Festival, which is, uh, which uh, was the first time we had it was last year in October. It was just a James Street gastro pub. And this year it's going to be at James Street, um, Spirit Lodge, and Cativo. And there's actually going to be a shuttle that's going to transport people, all the guests around between all these uh, different locations for it. Um, and there's a fourth venue that I'm negotiating with. I can't say which venue <laughs> it is, but there's one I'm, I'm finalizing negotiations on it in order to, to have it there as well. And so last year it was 36 bands, about 20 live painters, and uh, there was a comedian hosting each stage. This year we're looking at about uh, probably about 120 bands, uh, musical acts of all kinds, about probably 30 or 40 uh, live painters and uh, various types of visual artists. And there'll be a comedian hosting each stage, which once I finalize the fourth venue, will put us at about, you know, 10 comedians. And so there'll be a pretty good representation of the entire, you know, of the entire spectrum of the Pittsburgh artist community. And another, I forgot to mention, and one more uh, demographic of uh, artists that we're reaching this year is going to be, there's going to be a uh, performance artists and uh, dance artists and everything mm -hmm. um, incorporated as well. So it's, I'm trying to represent as much as I can um, with that festival and everything. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Something that you, do you carry the burden of most of this on your shoulders? Do yeah. You like yeah. Right, right now at this point, it's all me um, as far as like organizing it and everything. Uh, well, I mean, that's not entirely true because one of the things that I always do is I, I know, I feel like the, the, one of the, the reasons I've been able to get as far as I have is uh, knowing how to realize whenever I hit my threshold of what I'm able to do myself and then knowing when to ask people for help. Yeah. And, um, there, I, I'm very fortunate to have a lot of people who have a pretty good understanding of my vision and where I'm coming from, what I'm trying to accomplish. And um, they've been, and those people uh, have been extremely helpful to help me 
carry off a lot of the ambitious endeavors that I've tried to put forward. So, I mean, a good example of that would be, you know, Jeff Benton with Misra Records. He's been, I know Jeff. Yeah, he's yeah. been an invaluable. Uh, uh, is it valuable or invaluable? It means the same thing. I'm pretty sure. Good. We could say yeah, great, think, great resource. Yeah, he's been. Yeah, he's good. Been, he's been a great resource. Good human being. Uh, yeah, he, he's been. <laughs> he's been very key to all my help. And then, of course, there's the the production team that I work with because I, I I haven't mentioned this yet. I also you know direct music videos and produce music videos and stuff like that as well. And so then there's my production team, which uh, it includes Mike Mast, who's my videographer. He's also in a local band, Flock of Walry. He's the drummer. Um, Timothy Cox, who's a photographer and also my gaffer on music uh, music video shoots. Yeah. And then there was uh, the other photographers I worked with um, last year as well, like uh, Josh Darquinio, uh, Jesse Korch, um, David Kelly. So there, there have been a lot of people that have been uh, played very important roles as far as, oh, I have to mention Billy Rowan, too, who shot some video <laughs> footage. I can't leave people out. Yeah, so, I understand. Um, so it, it's it's something where, and I have, I have a full appreciation of the fact that you know, sure, I have the initial idea, but there's no way I can carry it off without the support of the people around me oh, and, definitely. and the other people around me. And I think it's very, it, it, I think I, I can see that it could be very easy for me to get away from that and not appreciate it. And so it's, to me, it's something that's very important that I, you know, I, I maintain my vision and realize that it's not just my vision. I'm just sort of, you know, I'll come up with the idea, but it's really the community at large that carries everything off. I think that like your story personally just really explains what this building is going to be yeah. in a weird way. Cause it's kind of like, yeah. Hey, like new artists, maybe like don't go out to California yeah. and stuff like that. Like if you're lost and you don't know what to do, come mm -hmm. here and meet people and that's exactly it. Become a part of this community. That, that's you, exactly you don't it. need to. So that's another thing too, where um, a lot of people get that sense of wonderlust. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on around me. So maybe if I go somewhere else, sure. the location's going to change everything. Sure. And maybe for some things, depending on what your medium is, that could be true. It gives like you a different context. fashion's your thing, Pittsburgh might not be the place to yeah, pursue sure. your fashion sure. career. But, you know, for arts and music, there's tons of successful stuff sure. coming out of Pittsburgh. Sure. And, and it's one of those things where a lot of people don't seem to realize that well, I won't necessarily say a lot, um, but I, I see that some people either they don't realize or they, they, they just want to have that experience of being somewhere else. But I mean, it's a lot easier to make it in Pittsburgh on a larger scale if, if you're using social media and marketing materials oh, the right way, yeah. because your cost of living is such that you can actually afford to work on your artwork. If you go to um, like, let's say Brooklyn or Manhattan, Los Angeles, um, just the cost of living is so astronomically high, or in my case, when I live in the Bay Area, um, the cost of living is so high oh, that sure. there's very little time. Uh, it's very difficult to, uh, to have the means to to do your artwork that you went out there to do. Oh, yeah, because you have to work all the time to just cover your overhead, and there's no time to produce yeah. the art that you want to do. Exactly, and I think that was actually valuable for me to have that uh, that experience of discovering that. Um, and I feel like some people just need to have that on their own because there, there were a lot of things that happened in that context that I put myself in whenever I went out there. Uh, like I said, I mentioned when whenever the economy crashed, it made me really value um, just a, a very basic things and the opportunity to be able to do artwork yeah. because during that time, during that six months, I mean, you know, I wasn't really making much artwork uh, whatsoever because I was just focused on just surviving. And so whenever 
you know, you have, and I mean, Pittsburgh is getting a little bit more expensive, but it's not you know, anything compared to what the Bay Area is. And so whenever I came back, I really appreciate the fact like, oh, okay, now I have the means and the time to actually work on my artwork. Um, and I think having that appreciation is very important. And I think for a lot of people, it, it takes, it, it's, a, it's more about taking yourself out of your comfort zone in one city and putting yourself in another city. You know, I mean, it's, it's the same thing in the Bay Area where you meet mainly people that have left other places and come to the Bay. It's very rare to meet somebody who was born and raised in the Bay Area. You know, oh, yeah, like yeah, when you're yeah. hanging out with people out there, everyone's from you know some other state or country. You meet very rarely meet a Bay Area native, and I think that speaks to the fact that a lot of the Bay Area natives they leave and they go elsewhere. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I, I feel like at least at least among the creatives and everything, and so I feel like that there's a lot of it that is just um, people just want to have like a, a breadth of experience. But I, one of the things I also want to have is. You know, when people just, you know, decide they want to come back to Pittsburgh, you know, once again, here's a platform where you can just get plugged right back in. So it's sort of uh, not necessarily deterring. I'm not trying to deter people or discourage people from going out, seeing what else is out there. But it's more so making it known that like, OK, listen, if you have a project that you want to work on, if you have things that you're certain things you're trying to accomplish. I want to try to fill those needs as much as I possibly can uh, at the lowest possible cost to to that individual. Mm hmm. Another thing that you, you like briefly mentioned kind of like the social media internet thing. Yeah. And it's a weird thing that's like being an artist now in 2016, you have to be good at that shit. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize it or kind of take it for granted, yeah. but it's very, very powerful. And yeah. again, that kind of goes back to, um, I don't know if we were on air when I said this, but about like artists being uh, introverts typically and things yeah. like that a lot of the time, whereas like social media might be a really intimidating thing yeah, it can for be some very artists. Stressful. Even do. people that are more socially inclined, I think it gets stressful because it's also, there's a necessary balance of how much time do you spend promoting yourself? How much time do you spend creating the artwork, you know, and having that correct ratio, Uh huh. Um, Especially, and also, like, how much time do you spend uh, sharing others' artwork, yeah. your peers and stuff like that? Oh, and that's a, that's a great point, actually, because one of the things that I recommend that everybody do, and that has uh, opened up a lot of opportunities for me, opened up a lot of doors for me, is whenever somebody approaches me about a project, even if it's something that I can't do, I still want to know that person that I can recommend them to. Yeah. And so very rarely will somebody come to me like, Hey, I have this idea. I want to do this. Very rarely am I, do I have to ever say, Oh, I'm sorry. I can't help you. And you know, I, I try to find every excuse never to say no. And oh, so I feel like it's also very important for artists whenever they get an opportunity also recognizing like there's a difference between challenging yourself and like whenever a big enough a big opportunity comes around and being able to meet that. Um, and it's also important to realize if it's not a proper fit for what you do and what your vision for your artwork is, then even though it might be something where there's a high dollar amount involved or something like that, if you are getting away from what you want to represent and to use sort of like a dirty catch word, you know, your brand, oh, if sure. you're getting away from the aesthetic of your brand and what you really want to put out there, mm -hmm. it, it sometimes it might be better to just not... Uh, just to not take that. But at the same time, it's, it's very important to know those people that you can, you know, refer 
opportunities to because that also strengthens the entire scene it creates creates a the fabric of what is the creative scene because then you have a a, a network that is helping itself yeah. at all times because if you start doing that for other people i mean it, it's never been it's very rarely like a you know where it worked out in almost like a sort of a quid pro quo where i got opportunity for somebody and they got back for me typically i'll get somebody an opportunity and then it just seems like something else comes back around because I feel like that that's sort of the spirit of what has been happening in the local art scene and music scene is that instead of having this very contentious, very highly competitive, like doggy dog mentality, which is eventually counterproductive. I mean, it's sort of this whole, you know, it's almost like somebody who took a Sun Tzu art of war business class and then was like, yes, this is how you do it. You should always treat everything like war. That's exactly the opposite of what is, you know, what actually works. You know, and, and it's not just artists too, like with, uh, you know, promotion companies and production companies, you know, like I, I always, I can't speak highly enough about the work that, you know, gray area production does, for instance, you know, cause they, they take care of the, you know, the artists, you know, the local artists, and they also bring through a lot of excellent talent and give them a very positive experience. So they want to come back. And that's just one example of like one of the, you know, one of the many people where if you looked at it on like a basic you know, people would say, like, if you looked at, like, a very basic business thing, like, you know, everybody's your rival and your enemy, you're always trying to take away from that. And I think that's something that is, especially in our generation, has, you know, it's very stale and it's very counterintuitive as far as just the nature of the creative scene, you know, where I feel like you get much better artwork, much better results, the more resources and opportunities shared between between businesses, you know. I mean, I'll have a lot of people that will hit me up for shows and I'll be like, you know, that's not really what I do. I don't really work in that volume for you know this type of show. However, let me connect you with the person I know will treat you right mm -hmm. and will look out for your best interest and give you the best experience. And having that type of cooperation, I feel, is very, very important um, within the local scene because that's how, I mean, that's how the scene gets bigger. That's how we have a music community that draws in people from other places. And it really allows us to, you know, have credibility and have that notoriety as a city that is a destination for arts and music. Yeah, I try so hard to be the person that I wish I knew when I was starting. Exactly. That's I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. It's it's because it's again, you know, I went through a lot of bullshit just trying mm -hmm. to find my place. Yeah. You know, and eventually I found it. But if there's a way to expedite that for some sure, other people exactly, and just exactly. make it easier, because eventually, you know, I found that cool person mm -hmm. that was like, hey, this is who you need to talk to. And I can help you out with this thing and this and that. And then they introduce you to somebody else. And then all of a sudden you have a new network of people. Oh, precisely. Precisely. There I mean, needs to be like less, I guess, in a weird way, it's kind of easy to get, get really self-involved. Mm-hmm. If you're an artist that's creating stuff, oh, and yeah, I understand sure. it, like in a way, you kind of need to be self-involved to get anything done. Stages, you know what yeah. I mean? Like there are stages, like as an artist, I feel like there are stages where it's about you know getting the work done, and then there's a part about disseminating the work and getting it out there. You know, and it's sort of balancing that. And sometimes you're going to feel more inclined to be creating the work than to be talking about it and engaging it and promoting it and showing it. You know, so it's sort of a, you know, it's always about the proper balance. Yeah, I, I mean, like a, a big thing with being like a local musician mm -hmm. is taking time to go out to other people's shows. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. And yes. it's really hard to do it. You know, I, yeah. I work a full time job. I'm in two bands. Mm -hmm. I do video stuff. I do 
graphic design stuff. I do yep. screen, like I do a billion different things sure. and I'm always like trying to help other people do stuff and it's and prioritize. Hard to, it's yeah. hard to make time for everything, but you know, I really, really like getting out to go. I like going to local shows with bands. that I don't even know who's playing. Yeah. You know, cause that's how I find out about some really, really cool stuff. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, a good instance of that is, uh, Back in November, I organized this fundraiser called uh, Pittsburgh for Peace. That was for the victims of the the Paris bombings and everything. Mm-hmm. And just by putting the word out for that show and just uh, you know trying to bring a bunch of people together, I ended up meeting um, uh, an artist named uh, Druva Druva Krishna, who okay. works. Uh, he's from CMU. He works with uh, Found Sound with uh, Kyle Henson. And um, I I found out about this whole network of musicians that are from CMU that are doing a lot of stuff and actually sort of bridging the gap between the local uh, music scene here in in Pittsburgh and then the campus scene. Um, And that right there, I think that's been one of the big missing components in the Pittsburgh scene is having that connection between um, the art scene that's locally based and also what's going on in the campuses. They sort of have always existed like parallel to each other, but there wasn't a whole lot of intersecting. Yeah, you know, in Pittsburgh, we don't really have that at all. You know, I just play down at Virginia Tech last weekend yeah and it was cool because they had like this small little um it was like a restaurant by day yeah venue by night they like sure. clear out the tables and bring in the PA yeah but it was full of kids there was like 150 kids in there yeah. and yeah. you know that's just what they do on the weekends they exactly. bring in like one or two out-of-town people and then a, like a couple locals play and mm-hmm. it's very involved with the school exactly but I yeah. think it also helps though that you know that's a school that's kind of surrounded by nothing yeah. Whereas like CMU, Pitt, you know, it's, there's a lot of things around it to be distracted by. Exactly. Cause sure. we're in the city that's surrounded by like big suburbs and cool sure. suburbs, you know? Yeah. And I think one of the things also that happens with just the configuration of the, the layout of the city, you have all the campuses in this bubble, right? For the most part that extends from Oakland down to like uh, downtown, yeah, but, like, uh, like uptown and everything, uh-huh. you know? So yep. I think a lot of the time, like everything gets sort of like, you know, well, they get stuck in this like sort of like these are the areas we go through. The thing is that Oakland used to be really, really awesome. Like oh, back 15, when Laga, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Club Laga and everything was, there, you know, yeah. the original Beehive was there. Sure. Of course, and my uncle yeah. was like a huge movie nut. I remember they, the Beehive, they had a movie theater mm-hmm. inside the Beehive. And my uncle took me to see Lost Highway. I was like 10 yeah. years old. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. But like I vividly remember that. And there was like cool punk shops yeah. and like. It was like the first time I ever bought like studs for a jacket. I was sure, like 15. I sure. took the bus to Oakland because I knew there was a punk shop. Exactly. And none yeah. of that shit's there anymore. It's yeah. all like UPMC and fucking Jimmy John's. Exactly. Exactly. It's all, It's been sterilized pretty much by a bunch of just corporate entities coming in and, you know, sort of making it like, oh, well, you go, you know, you go your Chipotle to eat. You go, <laughs> yeah. you know, like... Um, or, Urban Outfitters or whatever type of outlet shops down there. Yeah, American Apparel. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like all these things that don't really have like the flavor of the city at large. It's something that you can find everywhere else. And so I think it makes it something where it makes it safer uh, for a lot of the students. Um, sure, we're like, oh, well, I'm familiar with this. And so, you know, a lot of times they're in college and you're out of your comfort zone. So familiar is like an easier transition. Oh. And so as a result, there's like a lot that doesn't really come full circle into what Pittsburgh actually is, but I, I see that starting to change. I also met with uh, a, a few of the students who are down in uh, Point Park University who are have, um, are doing a lot of really cool stuff with uh, their uh, small internal record label that uh, student run and everything. I believe it's, I'm, I'm, the name has escaped me off the top of my head. I think I heard something about so. this from somebody else somewhat recently too, that there was something going on there. Yeah. But yeah. I don't 
remember the name. Yeah, it's uh, it's through their uh, sports and entertainment management program, and uh, they've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of great things through there. And they're starting to get more involved with a lot of the local events. Uh, they're going to have um, a presence at a layer cake festival. They're going to have a stage and everything that they're um, they're sponsoring essentially. Uh, same with uh, well, we're, we're waiting to confirm one from CMU that's tied to CMU as well. And then a lot of local record labels are uh, sponsoring a stage. And so from this, having that sort of intersecting of all of those different elements. You know, that's where I feel um, a lot of really exciting stuff can start to happen because there's uh, there's so many different opportunities for collaboration there and also resources, too. I mean, universities have resources uh, where they're they're sure they're helping their uh, their their goal is to provide a resource for their students. But as a result, if you have the students working within the, the music scene in Pittsburgh, then as you have all of a sudden local musicians getting a lot of that, that same recognition on campuses and the same resources to work with on campuses as well. And it's pulling from a whole other base, which is a, a lot of times students that are in Pittsburgh either temporarily or at least non-committally because they're just trying to finish their degree, essentially, uh -huh. right? And so the more that there's that overlap and uh, the more there's that sort of collaborative culture um, that's occurring there, I think that's going to be a very exciting time for Pittsburgh. The more that gets, you know, that gets farmed out because I, I don't remember that ever happening in, in the time that I was really engaged in the scene here, you know, before I left and when I came back, it's always been sort of a missing component. So I think it's really exciting to see that starting to come to fruition. Yeah. And I think that another thing too, is it, it always just kind of takes a couple people to start it. Sure. Because everybody wants to see something happen, but a lot of times people are kind of like overwhelmed yeah. with the responsibilities mm -hmm. or again, kind of going back to the beginning of this whole talk, yeah. they just don't know where to start. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, if you see a couple people doing things, things just mm -hmm. moving shaking things up a little bit yeah. then it's like it's easy for me to get involved in this because other people are doing it sure. and also it's, and it's, it's as easy as sending a friend request on facebook oh know, yeah oftentimes, and or if tweeting you're somebody you know and if you're somebody that's doing this stuff and you're kind of like embracing more people to get involved with open arms it's yeah. really easy to kind of like scoop people in exactly like, exactly hey, like we would do this. You got these ideas. Oh yeah. I can help you make it happen. For sure. For you know? sure. And that, that's one of the things I, I keep seeing is I end up finding all these creative people that just get recommended, you know, to talk to me and reach out to me or talk to a lot of the people who are working on cool stuff that I know. And then as a result, they get brought into a lot of the, the things that are happening in the city that end up also nourishing them, uh, you know, creatively and oftentimes financially too. So that way that there is the ability for artists to continue to, uh, and that brings me to another uh, thing I wanted to bring up, which is the necessity of make sure artists, artists get paid. Uh, yeah. Because that's at the end of the day, you can only go so long trying to, you know, essentially get exposure to have people see either see your artwork or hear your, you know, hear your music, depending. And I think it's really important to have a focus of making sure that, yes, you, you know, you are going out and supporting like local shows and that you are, um, you know, buying local artwork and getting people in the in the area who are more of the means not just the artists yeah. we're talking about at large to actually collect artwork from um from pittsburgh which artists is, and things like that which i mean i know of a, one collector in particular who um this is about a year and a half ago they just bought a painting for like fifteen thousand dollars in new york and i had a, a show that i was organizing that was a student show and this kid was selling the, the piece for a thousand and i watched this guy try to leverage and just 
cut this kid down on his price as low as they could possibly go, like get him to accept like 250 bucks for it. Meanwhile, I knew what he was worth and I knew what he was yeah. spending other places, but he just saw the, the ability to do that. So he tried to, fortunately uh, the kid didn't go for it, but uh, it's one of those things where seeing that's like really discouraging. It's like, you know, why, why isn't there a lot more being done to support the artists that are here? You know, I mean, there, there, there are so many people that are waiting to that have the talent, that have the ability to break out, but they need to be able to eat. Yeah, they need to be I able to pay their bills so they can create more artwork and you know, bigger projects too. I've, I've thought about this a good bit. Um, being a musician, selling physical things is like a huge part of mm -hmm. like the the sustainability of my band. Oh yeah, and it's weird. I think that the culture in general, mm -hmm. not the artist culture, but yeah. the consumer culture, if we want to put consumer on the on those on normal sure. people sure yeah. um they're being geared towards like a you don't need physical things anymore sure thing, you know like you can stream everything everything's yeah. on the cloud and while like something like buying a piece of art is you know that's different yeah you, know, you can't buy a piece of art put it on your phone sure a lot of people are kind of satisfied with just like taking a picture of something and having it on their phone. Yeah. They don't buy physical things, but they'll or, be or fucking... putting on their Instagram and getting a bunch of likes for yeah, having that yeah, picture yeah. on their Instagram, which where I get, there's that weird, like the, 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 the two sided nature of social media. Exactly. Know? That's kind of like what I'm getting into where it's like, it's really beneficial to us as artists. Cause we're able to get stuff out across the world mm -hmm. essentially for free. Yeah. You know, but or at very low cost. A lot of yeah. people are very, are outside of the artist community mm -hmm. are maybe like really weary about putting money into art because they just don't buy physical things anymore. Sure. And artists who want to support other artists, we only have so much money to do that. Yeah, we're exactly. And only, only so much space. Yeah. You know, cause I mean, there's so, uh, you know, so many times, I mean, you see an artist in the studio, which is their living space and it's full of their artwork. So they don't really have, the means or the space to even, you know, purchase another artist's artwork. Though oftentimes, more often than not, it's the other artists that I see purchasing other artists' artwork, you know, uh -huh. by and large. But um, there's actually um, Jeff Rose and uh, Rodney Burrell at local Pittsburgh magazine. Um, they're actually working on a project where they are connecting uh, local artists to higher end buyers. Uh, they're actually going to be, I hope I'm not mentioning this prematurely, but they're going to be uh, releasing a publication uh, that's going to be called Local Arts that's going to be focusing on that primarily is documenting all the artists in the area and the work that they do and trying to connect them to people who, I mean, from, from the outside looking in, a lot of collectors probably don't even know where to, where to begin as far as looking at artists that are at that level where they you know, they should seriously consider collecting them or supporting them. So it builds up the scene. So therefore people start coming into Pittsburgh to find artists. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's another thing too, where nobody really wants to collect your art mm -hmm. until people are already collecting your art. Yeah. Well, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nobody wants to be the first one. Yeah. yeah. But sure. Sure. Most definitely. It's one of those things where I feel like, um, like, a, a, like you have a city that will, you know, you'll, people will spend like 50 bucks just to park at a Steeler game, but they go to a local uh, concert and they complain about a $7 cover. Oh, yeah. You know, stuff like that. Like those types of things, like I want to see that change. 
because um, I, I don't think like I mean, there's no reason that um, that the two cultures can't exist and support each other well, because like the, that's actually how it used to be. I mean, well, back when there was like a really strong jazz scene in the Hill District uh, for all those years in the 60s and 70s. I mean, there was a lot of engagement where like um, I know uh, like Franco Harris would go out and go to all the different, you know, live music places in, in the Hill District and stuff like that. He was really engaged in uh, the live music scene. And there just is a. Uh, you know, somewhere along the line, I, and it, it, I mean, it has to somewhat tie into the closing of the mills and sort of the, the you know, collapse of what was the former identity of Pittsburgh. Um, I think that really had a large part to do with it. But now that's built back up. I mean, I think, you know, whenever the Steelers became successful in the 70s, that sort of built them up to that level where everybody became diehard Steeler fans. And that was like what people connected to. That's what got them through. And then slowly, like uh, the music scene almost you know, kind of leveled off. Uh, same with the art scene too. I mean, if you even look at the first international show at the Carnegie, like they have that every couple of years or something like that. You look at the first show that they had at that museum, they had, I think, something like uh, six, 50, 60 Pittsburgh artists for that show. And, and um, I believe their last one, they had like four, something like that. Oh, wow. Something really low. And so even the love that the institutions that are, uh, the institutions that are in the city even show the local artwork and local art scene, um, there's, a, there's a lot of problems there, too, because they're not even giving opportunities to the artists that are in their backyard, you know. And so the, the way that changes is that there needs to be uh, sort of like a, almost a type of a attitude and movement by the people that are living in the city to collect in the city, to support music in the city. You know, I th it's very important. And, and that's one of the things that I do with Layer Cake is, you know, all the bands get paid. Um, it's it's something where I, I want to make sure that because so often so often times like with a lot of other local festivals the focus is you know getting people into different small businesses in the neighborhood which is great which is something that definitely needs to happen but uh, with Layer Cake my main focus is um, trying to have it be a good payday for the artists you know like have like a re, like a, a minimum that like okay you'll come and you'll play and you'll make this and you'll get in front of a large audience you know yeah, yeah, that's yeah. something that i'm trying to to do and have a span neighborhoods essentially right and have it feature uh visual artists have it feature musicians uh performing artists you know so on and so forth because i feel like a lot of people also don't know like as somebody who just moved to pittsburgh even it's harder to know where to look to find uh to find the that niche that you're you're even into in yeah yeah ways. yeah there's a lot of different scenes mm -hmm. in the city there's stuff that like like the whole what it seems like the huge part of the scene that you're connected to mm -hmm. i am completely removed from i yeah. know a couple people that you've mentioned but yeah. those are people that are even just acquaintances to me sure, sure you know they're like i just well know that's them. the beauty of the pittsburgh scene is there are so many different facets yeah. to it you know uh, it, it's there's so much to, to still discover even when you work closely with it like um, I time and time again I'll find artists that I didn't even know about or musicians that I, I hear I'm like wow I had no idea that you know that I, uh -huh. I wasn't even aware of them you know and then they get signed to some bigger label stuff like that oh yeah about a year and a half ago two years I, I tell this story a lot because it was like it really messed me up in a mm -hmm. good way sure um Mike Siemens, who runs Mindcare Records over okay. in Polish Hill, sure. he did a local music video showcase mm -hmm. at Brillo Box. Nice. And um, I know Mike, and I know that he was doing this thing. I was like, oh, this sounds cool. I'm going to go to this. Mm -hmm. So I went to it, and it was like maybe two and a half hours long of local music videos. Yeah. And there was only like maybe three or four bands that I was even familiar with. Sure. And the rest was just like 
really wild music, good music, well-produced videos, a yep. lot of local talent. And I'm like, who are these people? This is crazy. Because <laughs> I already yeah. feel like I know so many people that are doing that stuff. Yeah. And I was surprised that none of those people were featured there. It's just sure. like, that's how much, how much is really going on in the city. Oh, most definitely. And there's so most much definitely. to tap into. And I get so annoyed when, you know, I go onto Facebook during the day and you know, it's like today everybody's like sharing the new Kendrick Lamar album and sure. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You know, he's a big rapper yeah. and you know, he drops a new album. Everybody's excited about it, but yeah. do we need 200 people sharing this album when there's so sure. much local talent sure. that you would be into if you would just like try a little harder? Sure. You sure. know, it's it like, I, I was thinking about this earlier today and like kind of like comparing it to like there's so many like good local restaurants mm -hmm. that people would go to and like just listening to Kendrick Lamar is yeah. kind of just like settling for Olive Garden yeah in a way sure sure I mean <laughs> I wouldn't quite call Kendrick Lamar Olive Garden yeah, I but, know that might but, be uh, a little <laughs> aggressive Kendrick Lamar is good Olive yeah. Garden's not yeah good. I was, I was but, gonna say there 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 are other mainstream artists I would go after before Kendrick Lamar because I do like Ken what he does but I get Kendrick your example Lamar's fresh because that album yeah. just came out exactly, so I'm yeah. thinking about sure, it today sure. like I understand why people are excited about it yeah but at the same time it's like whenever there's I just wish people that were outside of yeah. the, the bubble yeah. tried harder to get into the bubble. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really exciting. Um, uh, just for example, with hip hop, I mean, there's uh, there's so many really, really, really talented hip hop artists that are coming out right now. They're from Pittsburgh. Uh, Billy Pilgrim, who I've worked with closely on making, uh, I did his last, one of his last music videos. I'm working on one with him now. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, Jasiri X, who does amazing stuff as mm -hmm. an activist and also performer. Um, I mean, the Adasa Tarek also with One Hood with, um, with them. And uh, he does really amazing work too. And um, all three of those artists I just named dropped albums and I'd be willing to bet that a lot of the people who are even, you know, big fans in the hip hop community in Pittsburgh, um, probably a large percentage of the percentage of them haven't heard those albums yet. You know what I mean? And like, it's some of the, some of the best hip hop that I've heard and some of the most socially relevant hip hop that I've heard. And that's just example of one genre. I mean, I could go on, you know, and give you examples of like, you know, in the, you know, the, the folk yeah. scene, the, the rock scene, I you just, know, so on and so forth. I mean, there's so many different aspects and elements. And like you said, there's so much to explore and, and, and it, I think it's something where that's when it becomes important for the role. I mean, nobody really likes them, but the role of critics, you know, people that are honest critics. So once people uh, trust the opinion of a critic, or at least like uh, respect it, then that can be the difference between getting a listen and not getting a listen. Because what that does is people, I mean, there's so much content out there. I feel like people are overwhelmed and they don't know where to start. So if you have somebody who is functioning as a, uh, a specifically a local critic who is or or a bunch of different critics so people can you know engage with their content and start to get an idea like oh well so-and-so has a very similar taste that I have so I'm going to listen to what they say when they say listen to this you know sort of having places where the information is sort of refined and uh, disseminated from there um, and sure I mean nobody likes getting a bad review but whenever you don't have critics uh, within a scene I feel like you can get um, sort of a uh, there's so much to go through yeah, I mean, that people, it's really overwhelming. People don't know where to start. Sure. You know, I can take like, I think that the music reviews and like the city paper, for example, yes. have kind of plummeted yeah. in a weird way. And I'm not just saying this because I got a bad review, mm -hmm. which I kind of did, but <laughs> I kind of yeah. didn't. Sure. Like 
the it well, was, hey, it's better to be you know well, reviewed than not well, reviewed like, at all. The, the, the thing that really like chapped my balls about yeah. it wasn't so much that it was a negative review as much as it was obvious that they listened it just like it was a couple sentences mm-hmm. nothing really about much of anything besides maybe the first half of the first song mm-hmm. so it's like did okay. you listen to it <laughs> yeah that, that's the, the thing it's like question. did you really go through this whole yeah. album yeah or is this a song review? Sure. And it's funny because they still bothered to print it. Like sure. it was in the paper, but it was just like very uninformative and bland. And it's well, like, sure. I mean, you need, you need to have good critics. I mean, like um, that's the thing. That's kind of what pissed me off. Was sure. like I read other reviews too mm-hmm. from the same writers that yeah. were doing stuff, and it was all the same. It wasn't mm-hmm. just me. Just very yeah. like very skimming the you, surface. Do and... you like? Do you, do you listen to music? Yeah. Or this is just like a a chore that got passed onto your desk. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is that having uh, reputable publications that are actually giving proper representations of um, the artwork and the music that is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's important to be able to have uh, places where you can go to uh, receive, um, you know, content critiques you can trust. So, and I feel like right now with everything that's coming into Pittsburgh, um, everything that's in the works of, you know, moving into this area, I mean, along with that will, will come that aspect. Sure. Uh, so it's something where I feel like since it's, uh, the scene is still in its, almost in its infancy of what it's capable of. I mean, there's already a lot of talent now. But as far as the structure of how things are going to uh, take place and how things are going to get out there, yeah. um, whether it's in galleries, concert venues, I mean, so excuse me, so much of that is going to change in the next, um, oh. even the next year. I'd oh, say yeah. a year from now, things are going to be very different. You'll see that there have been a lot of different players that have come into town and really changed a lot of the ways that things um, things are running. Oh, it's moving fast. It's yeah. moving so fast. You know, I, I started playing shows in Pittsburgh around 2007. Okay. And then I know I left. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, then there was, it was pretty cool. But Mm -hmm. then by 2009, it was done. Yeah. And from 2009 to 2012, the local music scene was so weird. Yeah. It was just very sparse. And then I know in 2012 is when I noticed things just starting to pick up. And now just even in the past year, it's crazy how much more involved things have become. And I, I feel like, and that's whenever like a lot of the big festivals start popping exactly. up, like the neighborhood festivals, like uh, Deutschtown, uh, Rant, um, you know, all these different uh, events started, you know, popping up that allowed uh, musicians and artists who were in the area to actually like, oh, we can all meet here and then we can find out about each other. Yeah. I, I think that like those functions have definitely been very instrumental. Like those events have been very instrumental in uh, letting people know what's out there and especially letting other know, let, letting artists know about other artists. You know, uh, which I think is such a huge thing, you know, it, to, to have that uh, and like, like, you know, time back to this building. I mean, what I want to see happen is have like, you know, the the, the painters find ways to collaborate with uh, the, the you know, video artists, the, you know, the sculptors to find a way to collaborate with the dance studios, you know, things like that. Sure. No, like, everybody's going to need it. Exactly. You know? Like, you know, it's essentially create a mixing pot. Yeah. You know, like I'm. I got this song that I wrote. I want to make a music video. Okay, yeah. so you make a music video. What's going to be in the video? Yeah. I don't know. Why don't we get some dancers? Okay, so yeah. now we got some dancers. Exactly. What are they going to sure. be dancing around? Sure. We need a cool backdrop. Yeah. Okay, let's get the painters. Yeah, you just described my whole process of how I create my music videos. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, right there. I mean, it's pretty much like, well, shit, I know all these really talented people. I need this. Okay, well, I'll call him and then, you know, you know it's so funny. on and so forth. I met like a like a fire dancer mm-hmm. recently and like the way my brain is geared, the first thing I thought of, like, 
I knew this person for two minutes and I'm yeah. like, how could I put them in a music video? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, that's exactly <laughs> it. Well, no, I, I think that's, a, that's a great point of how, um, it's important to think that way. Yeah. And, and it's, it's something that's also being in an area where you can think that way and then be able to pull it off and have the resources to pull it off, you know? So I, I think having all those things combined, um, and then also, I mean, I think there's a lot, um, that will, as long as we don't completely fuck up our budget for PA, having like outside, uh, outside forces like the film industry coming from Los Angeles, coming through Pittsburgh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, having the, that ability to bring in uh, L.A. money into the entertainment scene into Pittsburgh. I mean, it's a huge thing. And hopefully our uh, the powers that be that are, you know, I guess, struggling over our budget right now actually figure their shit out and, you know, get things settled. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, we, we've lost like several projects because of that stunted, uh, you know, that gridlock, I guess, in uh, in uh, Harrisburg. So, oh, OK. Yeah. So, I mean, that. That's that's getting into like a whole other. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't get me started on politics, I mean, if anybody wants to see like my, my politics, just go to my Facebook page. You'll get it pretty good. Oh, sure. Wait. You're I getting a, that one. Hey, we're getting a getting a little phone call. We could actually probably. Yeah. Here we go. That's quite the ringtone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we could probably wrap up though. <laughs> we're we're hitting it about an hour. That's usually where nice, I stop. Perfect, so perfect. If there's anything else that you wanna spew out that we haven't already discussed sure i'll do a quick a few quick plugs um march 20th at spirit lodge detroit invasion show it's going to feature george morris jeremy wan uh williams e villain and space fish uh the first three are all detroit bands so that's gonna be a really fun show seven dollar cover spirit lodge everything starts at 8 30 um i can get i don't know if you post content on your page for each of the podcast yeah. for people like links or whatever uh-huh. but I'll, yeah i'll send you that you can find the link on the podcast page and after that, there's going to be Layer Cake Music Showcase, not to be confused with the music festival. It's going to be uh, focusing on showcasing a lot like of specific uh, artists, specific like, artists. Yeah. Yes. And so the, the first uh, the first showcase um, is going to be all local. Eventually, it will feature one out of town act as well. But the first showcase is going to be the Common Heart um, and Recluse, Devin Moses and the Saved and Working Breed and live painting by Daniel Robinson and Stoff Edison will be hosting the stage as well. who's a local comedian. Yeah. And that will be March 26th at the New Hazel Theater, which is a gorgeous venue. It used to be Pittsburgh Public Theater back in the day. And um, the sound is incredible. The lighting is incredible. A fully seated theater. I really, I really recommend that people check it out. It's going to be really great. And we're going to be recording all the performances live as well and uh, posting them on YouTube too. Cool. Now my production team will be, be hard at work during that show. That's actually well. something that's really important. And I think that could help get people more interested in the scene. Oh yeah. If definitely. there was like better and more documentation of it put out there. So and that, that's another see, like, thing. All oh, my events, that's what's happening yeah. at these events. Like, yeah. holy shit, this looks awesome. I made sure last year that every event that I organized or sponsored that I always had video documentation of those events. Uh, so like for uh, layer cake last year, I have a video for that, that, uh, that we shot. And then, um, you know, whenever I was a sponsor and curate a stage at uh, co-curate a stage at Deutschtown, I got video footage of the, you know, as much of the festivals I, yeah. my guys could reach. Uh, same with Rant, uh, Rock All Night in Lawrenceville, mm-hmm. um, the Pumas in uh, East Liberty um, that Holly Hood runs. Um, and so, like, any time I, I got involved with an event, I my one of my big things is like, okay, let's document this, let's photograph it, so you can actually get the funding to do it again and get the sponsorships to really drive it and keep it alive. Yeah, you know. So, uh, so that's uh, that's you know been a really big focus. But um, but yeah, March twenty sixth for Layer Cake Showcase. That show, the doors will open at six thirty. Show will start by seven thirty, and after that, um, Layer Cake Festival on June fourth. If you're an artist, musician, dancer. 
uh, puppeteer, you name it, uh, you can submit uh, to perform at layer cake at layercakefest.com um, or you can go to the submitted. Facebook event page as I well. I submitted. Oh, nice. BT dubs. Just yeah. saying. So you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Keep an eye out for, oh, the, yeah. for oh. this ugly mug. <laughs> I'm in there. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Anything else? I think that about covers it. Cool. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me in your new soon to be space. I can't wait till this is all brought up and awesome and i could be like yeah i was in there <laughs> whenever it was first cool yeah well, yeah we'll get the drywall on the walls soon and that way <laughs> you know, hopefully it'll keep the you know the whole building standing for a while so uh so yeah I'm, I'm looking to have a i'm hoping to do like a soft sort of opening party tour uh of the building type thing like an open house um hopefully by the end of the summer i think i'll cool. be ready to do something like that cool that's the idea definitely maybe in like a year and a half or so we'll come back for round two and we yeah, can talk about yeah, that'd all be the, great. that'd be great you can the, talk about how you're not freezing your ass off <laughs> it is and, a little uh, chilly there, in here there won't be as much of an echo yeah um you know things will you know <laughs> every year a little better a little stronger you know is this is the plan so yeah cool well hey thanks for doing it and we can stop it right now boom and that is all folks thanks so much for listening hope you enjoyed the conversation Ziggy's an awesome guy. Got a lot going on. My my type of person. I like busy people that have their hands in way too many things. Constantly juggling. I relate. It's great. I'm um, really looking forward to, you know, getting more involved with stuff that he's doing. I'll try to get him more involved with stuff that I'm doing. And that's the whole fucking point, you know, of the the local community, your DIY scene, your art scene, your music scene, your fashion scene, whatever that we could all, we all have things to offer one another. So, you know, do it. Be cool to people. Don't be a dick. That's my advice for the week. I usually don't give weekly advice, but I think that's good advice just in general. Just don't be a dick. Be passionate about what you do and just fucking do it. Don't make excuses. Yeah. Okay. Some motivational words word. Uh, anyways, I'll be back next week. Same time, same place, same channel with a new conversation, new guest. You know how it goes. That's, I don't even normally end episodes like this. I am, I'm off. I'm way off today. I don't know what's going on, but hey, I think you get it. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2016. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.